If it is important to women, it's important to Wilds Worldwide. Hello, I'm Alyssa Wilds of Wilds Worldwide, and I thank you in advance for your support of my podcast. Like Wilds Worldwide on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram at Alyssa's Random Thoughts and Twitter at Wilds Worldwide. We are on all major podcast platforms and broadcast on Facebook Live on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like, share, follow, and subscribe to Wilds Worldwide. And remember, if you still have a pulse, it's because you have a purpose. Find your purpose, walk in your purpose, live out your purpose every single day. See you or talk to you real soon. And we are live. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to or welcome back to what we get for Wilds Worldwide. Thank you guys for always showing up every single week like you do for me. I appreciate you. I love you. So I need for you guys to do what it is that you do. I need for you to like, share, text, tag all of your people, get them up and on. I need for my people to get up and on. It is Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. I'm going to give you good morning to Mika Wilcox Champagne. I appreciate you, love. Good morning to you. So we really do have a full show. And I, th- I want to tell you guys this. I want you guys to um, get your morning beverage like we always do. Good morning, Jerry Wilson. I appreciate you, sir. Welcome back to Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. Um, I want you guys to get your morning beverage, your shot, your mimosa, your beet juice. I'm going to take a couple seconds to go get mine, too, because I need to have it. And I forgot to get it. Me and my guests were in the background having so much fun before the show started that I kind of slipped a little bit. I got kind of got lost in the conversation. But like, share, text, tag, get you, all of your people up and on, get them on with Weekends of Wilds Worldwide. We're going to have a really um, thought-invoking conversation because it is time now to go back to work and school. And we want to have some conversations from the mental health perspective about what that will look like and all of the fears associated with us going back to school. So text your people, let them know that Weekends Wilds Worldwide is back on, get your morning beverage. And I need for you guys to follow and subscribe to all of our major podcast platforms. We are everywhere. We are Apple, Spotify, um, TuneIn, uh, CastBox, maybe, uh, Stitchers, Everywhere, everywhere we, um, I can't even think of all of them. I apologize. But before the end of the show, I'm going to give you a real live rundown. Hey, Donine. Hello, love. I want to give you guys a chance to get all of your people up and on. Um, let them know that Weekends of Wilds Worldwide is back with a full show today. Thank you guys for rocking out with me while I've been going through. But I want to tell you guys what a difference a day makes, what a difference a week makes, what a difference a month makes, because life is pretty sweet. And I just want to, th- again, thank all of my friends that were riding out with me in this world wilderness experience. I'm telling you, life in the wilderness, the difference between surviving and just kind of going through is really the team that you have around you. And my tribe is rock solid. So I thank God for my tribe. I thank God for all of you guys. And I thank you guys for your support. So I'm going to get, give me a second while I give you a second. I've been trying to reach you on Apple Podcasts, but we just won't let me. Please keep trying. Please keep trying. Keep keep trying, everybody. If you're trying to rate me, yes, boost that thing. Boost that thing for me. So keep on trying for me, Tamika. I appreciate your effort. So I'm going to give you guys a couple more seconds. I'm going to go and get my my, um, tomato juice. I'll be right back, okay?
And it is go time. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. We have Shar Andrew. She is my soror. She is a little bit of everything. She is going to be one of our resident therapists. She's a therapist. She um, has, I know just recently with that, right before the pandemic jumped off, I believe she graduated law school. She's a little bit of everything. She has so many letters behind her name. I'm, I'm going to do, I would do her a disservice if I tried to tell you all that she is. So I'm going to bring her out so we can have a conversation about mental health because she also is a mental health practitioner and all of the other things that she does. Good morning, Susan. So here we have with us on the Wilds Weekends with Wilds Worldwide platform, my soror, my baby soror, Shar Andrews. Thank you, love, for being with us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Please tell everybody what all of those letters are behind your name. Yes. Um, so the LBS uh, stands for a licensed behavior specialist. The LPC is a licensed professional counselor. So those are my mental health credentials. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, basically. Uh, the LBS is, is a credential, an extra credential that Pennsylvania um, offers, uh, you know, when you work with individuals who may have autism or who are on a spectrum who, or who may have an intellectual disability. Um, the CESP is a certified employment support professional. Um, I do work, I do a lot of work with individuals who uh, want to seek employment um, and work readiness and develop their work readiness skills who have um, developmental or intellectual disabilities, uh, mental illnesses, uh, behavioral concerns, who may have like juvenile records and things of that nature. Um, so that allows me uh, to work with them. I actually had two contracts with um, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation in which I get funding to do that within the Philadelphia School District, um, as well as outside of that for adults as well. Um, and then, you know, the JD is <laughs> just doctor. I have a, a law degree. So I did graduate from law school um, in May of 2019 um, with, with the anticipated hope that I'll actually be practicing mental health law. So that, hey. that's the goal. Full circle, full circle. That, that, that's the goal. <laughs> so it all works together. All of this works together. You are so dope. You are so dope. Good morning, everybody that has come in. You are so super dope. Yes. Well, long story short. Yes. Wow. So yeah, we got a real one. We're so excited about that. Yeah, you do a little bit of everything. So people, I want you at the end of the show, I'm going to give Shar um, an opportunity to kind of let her know, let you guys know where you can find her because clearly we need her in all that we're doing because she's a little bit of everything. How great is that? Yeah. So I wanted to um, have you on today because I've oftentimes said in my private life and on my platform, that the most important people as we go back to school and as we go back to work are going to be in schools, I believe it will be the nurses, the social studies teachers, world history, and the mental health practitioners. Mm -hmm. Because of the mere fact that the nurses for obvious reasons for what it all, all that we've been going through, the uh, civics or social studies, world studies teachers, because of what we've experienced as, as black people or, or minorities um, during this pandemic, just all of the social injustice and things like that, but also the mental health practitioners because of the social emotional. So I'm concerned, um, having worked in a school district or working in a school district, my concern is, and I keep talking about the social emotional aspect. You know, we're always talking about masks and things like that. And we don't want to talk about COVID with, you know, as regards to the medical field, but how has this impacted us 
and what will it look like with us going back to school and work? You know, my I definitely have my concerns. I definitely do. Because just like most people, the concern is I've done my part in keeping myself safe. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I have championed this pandemic. I stayed away from the world. I had my few people, my mother, who is an elder. My mother is an elder. My mom basically had a, a long um, pole that she would kind of push them mm-hmm. out her door to give you. And you put something wow. back on that to give it back. She was very concerned. So my mom stayed, you know, we were away from my mom for basically a year. And we were all in our own separate spaces. When I did anything intimate, I did it with my dividend. So it was a protected circle of people. So there were the six of us that would meet up regularly, you know, just to just to be around people. You know, you just need it. So we were able to, in fact, do that. But I I went above and beyond to protect myself. I went to the grocery market, to the grocery store in the morning with the elders, you know, I kind of walked in alongside of the brownest elder that I could find and act like I was going to help her shop so that I could get in the supermarket at 6.30 in the morning. Um, And then I kind of stayed away from the rest of the world, didn't do much of anything. So with me having done all that I could possibly do to protect myself, I'm concerned about sitting in a building or interacting with someone who did nothing to protect themselves and how I could potentially fall because someone else didn't do their part. Because the success of this whole thing requires everybody to do their part. And as we can see on the news and around the world, a lot of people are refusing to do their part. Absolutely refusing to do their part. So what would this look like when when we're talking about our children, when we're talking about us going back to work? What are some of the things that you're experiencing, you know, just in your um, in your professional realm with people talking about with having gone to go back to work real soon? Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I have been experiencing and seeing is fear. People are afraid. People are afraid. People are anxious. Um, And I think it really centers around just what you said, the fact that you're doing everything that you can do. But then you have a lot of other people who, unfortunately, at this time, for whatever reason in their lives, don't feel like they have to. Um, I, I was actually just talking to a colleague not too long ago and, you know, was just talking about that part. You know, the personal responsibility, I think, that we have for the many. I think it's kind of left on us a bit. Like we're so, especially in the U.S., we're a very individualistic country. Um, We think about ourselves. We think about, you know, how I can move ahead and what I can do. And it's I, I, I. But unfortunately, you know, we never think about the collective effort that it takes, the unity that it takes in order to actually move forward in any particular thing. You know, we see this in the racism issue we have going on. We see this in a lot of the systematic issues we have going on. And now we're seeing it with COVID, you know, and so um, individuals are just afraid, you know, and they're anxious um, about going back, especially about their kids going back to school. That has been like the major thing. You know, the work issue is one thing, but people are really concerned about their children. And as we could just see in, in um, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday, what occurred, I believe in Florida with, you know, the educators getting sick because of this, you know, threat of, you know, if you mandate people to wear a mask in school, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep your, you know, salary. And it's just like, you know, you open these schools up and everybody's coming in with no mask. 
now they're shut down again, <laughs> you know, because the, the, you know, virus is spreading. So people are just really, really afraid um, at this point. So that's, that's what I'm seeing. So how are we, how are we to do, my dad always told me this thing. My dad would always say to me that told, taught me not to, to put anything on my children. He told me that certain things are taught, like fear is taught. Allow my kids to then run into what it is that they're afraid of, but don't teach them. You know, don't don't tell them that you're afraid of this, which will make them afraid of that. How do we not impose our fears on our children? What are we? How how do we not? Yeah. How how do we not project that fear? I, I think one of the, you know, more important things to do is to communicate with your children. Um, I totally understand what your dad means in regards to projecting that fear and having, you know, your kids kind of, you know, experience certain things themselves. But I also think it's important to be honest with them. You know, if something is making you afraid or if you're uncertain about something, you know, I think it's okay. And of course, you know, you do this on your children's level, depending on what age your child is. But to be honest, you know, about it, um, our children learn from us. So if we are, you know, being extremely hypervigilant, anxious, overwhelmed, and we're starting to show that, they're mm-hmm. they're going to feed off of what they see. Absolutely. So if anything, I think being able to just be honest with your children, have open communication with your children, talk to them about this transition, talk to them about the concern that you have with them going back to school, but ensure them that you are going to do everything that you can to keep them safe. You know, and this is how you can play your part and we can play our part together as a family unit and trying to keep not only ourselves safe in our home, but also possibly keep other people safe. So make sure that you keep your mask because you don't want your friends, you know, at school to get sick, you know, not because you got sick on purpose, because we also know that you can be vaccinated and you can be as hypervigilant as you want and sometimes still get the virus. It it occurs, you know, sometimes it happens, but we can be as safe as we can be. And so just, you know, kind of making sure that we convey um, that, uh, notion to them, you know, we can be as safe as we can, wear your mask, here's the hand sanitizer, make sure you wash your hands, because I want to keep you safe, I want you to keep your home safe, and I want you to keep your friends safe, you know, and your teachers safe, and this is how we can do this, but I think that ultimately, you know, communicating with them, I think is key. Um, sharing facts with them, I think also about COVID, I think sometimes we forget, we, we, we're, you know, I'm trying to presume intellect, especially when working with the individuals who are Um, may have been diagnosed with intellectual disability. We talk about presuming intellect. Let them tell you what they don't understand or or demonstrate what they don't understand for you. Don't assume they just don't know or don't need to know. So have a conversation with them about the virus. You know, what, what are the symptoms could possibly be? You know, because I think children you know, are much more smarter than we give them credit for. You know, they have much more insight. I would consider in my experience them to be the most resilient through this entire pandemic, you know? Um, So they have demonstrated, like, we can survive this. You know, we can survive a pandemic. Like, let me know what's going on. Um, I think some exposure is good, overexposure, not too much. So, you know, being able to limit, you know, them watching the news or, you know, things of that nature, just keeping everything in a moderate fashion and just keeping that open line of communication. Um, I think a help, um, you know, alleviate 
you know, will it eradicate the fear? Maybe, maybe not, but I think it would alleviate it. I think that it would allow for your children and yourself, um, and any parents or caregivers in the household to feel more in control. Um, because unfortunately, this is something I would consider beyond a lot of people's control at this point. So you can really only manage yourself um, in your family unit. And um, that was great. In one of our conversations, probably last September, so it was September 2020, I had a conversation and it was with two recent high school graduates. They graduated in 2020. They came out of the Camden Charter Network. And the name of the show was called In Their Words. Because I wanted to hear in their words how they felt about the pandemic, how they felt about how they were, how how they were handled during the pandemic. And what happened was they said that we totally failed them as adults. Mm. They said that we forgot what the village was. They said that the schools had forgotten about them. The churches had forgotten about them. Their parents had forgotten about them. Everybody went into survival mode and did not consider at all what they felt. Mm. Um, their expertise in some things, you know, they nobody considered how they were handling things. We totally forgot about them and they were raw and they were uncensored, uncensored. And I allowed them to be because it was just amazing. And um, so I'm wondering what more could we do? Should we should we have open forums about open forums about their feelings, especially with with us going back to school, because I know in the school district where I work, we do have a thing called school-based youth services. And school-based youth services is a, a, a group of mental health professionals, and they're amazing, where they just kind of come in and help to quell and, 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 and deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with. If, if there's a referral that comes out for this child, then, you know, they jump right in and try to help the children. And it could very well be something stemming from home that the child is suffering through. It could be bullying. It could be whatever the case. So I'm wondering, how is it that we need to begin to set up even ahead of the school year? And we're just slightly ahead of the school year at this point. Right. But what is it that we should be planning in schools um, for our children? Should it be open I mean, I forum type things or just individualized things? Should we already plan for them to begin to get together or wait for somebody to say something? Well, I'm all about prevention, <laughs> not not being reactive. And, and I think uh, a lot of um, you know, we ignore being proactive. A lot of times we're, we're doing things in response to something happening. Um, we've already been through a school year at this point during a pandemic and see what that's like. So I think if anything, you, we're kind of prepared now to develop something for students and teachers and the educators and the administration prior to the students arriving. I think all hands on deck at this point, you know, not just on an individual basis, we need individual attention. We need, you know, a collective attention with students and, and the peers, their peers with each other. Um, I think let's do it all, <laughs> you know, if we can, let's do it all. I really am in support of having the open forums because I think it allows for our youth to be heard. Um, it's interesting, you know, the, the show that you said you did with the two students and them saying, you know, I feel like we've been let down. Y'all let us down. Y'all forgot about us. Y'all forgot that, you know, did, did we not, um, 
were, were we not in existence at this point? You know, I think everybody was so wrapped up, you know, myself included, you know, I can be guilty of this wrapped up in how this pandemic affected them, affected yourself versus how it may have affected them. You know, we took for granted, you know, um, like, oh, yeah, they'll be cool. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. And not even realizing that this affected them as well. That isolation, them having the ability to, you know, communicate and engage, very necessary, you know, social growth that they needed um, with their peers and their friends just snatched away from them, you know, with without any warning, without any type of transition at this point, you know, kind of snatched away from them and very unfair. And then, of course, you know, we have a lot of the, you know, mental health and, and behavioral aspects of it where, um, you know, a lot of family dynamics are not the best, you know, not the healthiest. And these children who found school and their outside activities as escapes to what may be going on within their households and be compelled to be there 24 um, seven in, in most of the time without any type of assistance, right? Because nobody, we, we had to kind of figure out how to even engage mental health treatment or any other support services virtually, that took a little bit of time. And, and this, you know, student, this child is in a situation um, that unfortunately they can't even escape for eight hours a day anymore. So I think, you know, I, I totally get, you know, that idea of feeling abandoned um, that they were referencing. So I think that, you know, every resource that we can pull out for them, I think we should, especially the open forums. I think that, um, you know, them being able to commune with each other, you know, with a couple facilitators, I think will help that will at least give them the outlet to express, you know, not only how they're feeling, but offer some suggestions, <laughs> you know, because our children, they know certain things, you know, that may can help facilitate, you know, this transition back. Um, and I would even start off prior to coming into the school, if possible, maybe an online or Zoom forum, you know, to, to kind of help that transition. I'm all about transitioning, you know, before actually like, get, boom, right back in school. They're going to need it. You know, they're not going to be able to fall in line right away. Just like I feel like adults are not going to be able to fall in line right away when they come back to work. They, there are a couple steps that they're probably going to have to take before actually being productive. Um, and I think we all as in Entities, as businesses, as organizations, we need to give everybody that room. We need to give everybody that space and compassion to assimilate back um, because it's been a long year plus at this point, and it's going to be even longer afterwards. Um, this is this is not a you know going to be a short transition here. Um, I, I think it's going to have a very lasting effect. I believe so too. And just as you were saying, you pointed out that everybody got ripped from situations it was yeah. just like march i can remember our last day at work um for my job was march 17th we were there to give the kids you know all of their their packets and all of their information and they said we were going home for two weeks and then i just never saw the inside of that building again right so we were abruptly ripped from situations so i'm wondering how well because that didn't go well it didn't go well with me as an adult. I had no clue what my situation was. Would my job be protected? You know, would it be necessary in coming back? So, you know, those fears and worries about employment. You know, my daughter who had come home on spring break, she had just come home on spring break from Montclair State and then just never went back to that school. 
She just never went back into the building. So her life had been ripped apart because my daughter is in music and her life is in North Jersey. So her whole, and, and she vows to try to stay away from South Jersey as much as humanly possible <laughs> for, for, for reasons I do understand. So right. like her whole life had been up North and in the city, she had gotten ripped away from that. She was brought back home. You know, then she was forced to be a child inside of the house where, where there were um, curfews. There were state imposed curfews. It wasn't just a mommy curfew because I remember when we first came home, it was that eight o'clock curfew. You had to be off the streets in the house by eight o'clock. So there were a lot of things that we just got snatched out of our situation, thrown in households. Some households without food, some households uh, abusers, some households that were just full of contention. It was it was a lot. My concern now is throwing everybody back in. Right. What happens when we're all thrown back in? Like go. Yeah. Um, I think you get just as much chaos as being stripped away. <laughs> um, just on a more global, you know, universal kind of um, I think it would be a mistake. Um, and of course, this is at this point coming you know, when things are already in place for people to go back to work and go back to school. But, you know, I think it's a mistake um, throwing people back in to the world without preparing them for, you know, what to expect. Um, yeah, I think it'll be just as chaotic, unfortunately. Um I think if we took more time in preparation, I feel like we would be a little bit more successful once the students came back or once you even came back to, to you know, your, your place of employment. But I think at this point, since it's kind of out of our hands, um, depending on where you work and where you go to school, is really self-advocating at this point for yourself. Self-advocating for yourself, self-advocating for your, ch well, advocating for your children, um, as far as what you need, you know, once you're back to work, being sure of the various protocols and um, things that are in place at your employer that they have in place to keep you safe. You know, what is the expectation? Um, will you be able to wear a mask? You know, in, in certain um, offices, there are like cubicle areas where you're kind of divided, but you're still working in like close proximity. What is that going to look like? You know, because again, we go back to only being accountable for ourselves because we're not sure, you know, what the next person is doing or have done or not done. You know, there's so many things going on in regards to um, the vaccine Scene, from my understanding, um, vaccination cards, you know, can be sold by the dozen, you know, at this point. So you got people that, you know, haven't even really um, ever taken a vaccine. They got a valid vaccine card, you know, at this point. So you really just never know. Um, so I think just doing all that you can to advocate for yourself, advocate for your own needs. What is it that you need transitioning back to work that is going to help minimize your stress or minimize your level of anxiety um, and being able to be as productive as possible? And, and what is it that your student needs? You know, ask your child, you know, what, what do you need, you know, so that you can advocate for them and teach them and model them to advocate for themselves and what they need. Um, because, you know, once they're in school, we're not there no more, you know? And so what does that look like for them when it comes to communicating with their peers and interacting with their peers and seeing their friend don't have their mask on? It's like so many things like to think about um, and, and to handle, but I, I think it's going to be 
crazy, you know, trying to assimilate back, you know, without any particular plan, except where your mask and where hand sanitizer. That's that's not it. You know, we need to really start to think about, you know, the support, the mental health support, as well as the medical support that is going to be required to assist people in coming back, you know, and, and doing what we can to alleviate that worry um, that's attached to that a lot of times. I was um, looking at what Susan um, Susan says. She said, prepare them for the possible trauma of being snatched back out of work. Mm. You know, with the rising numbers. And also Rob was talking about how the school district of Philadelphia, wait a minute, the school district of Philadelphia is throwing everyone back in full days, five days a week. And they're promoting it on commercials. And they really are, they have, good morning, Sora. They really are gaining ground because everybody is, you know, that's, that's the whole focus. Like Philadelphia is doing it, you know, and most Philadelphia is, is the, the, the poster child for a lot of smaller school districts. So a lot of people will follow what it is that uh, Dr. Height is in fact doing, right? So my concern is, is that whole throwback in possible snatch back out. My concern is all of those things. And from the jurisdiction, uh, the juris uh, doctoral side, right? I'm, I'm wondering how strong can we advocate for our, our families and for our children? What does advocacy look like in this moment when policies and procedures are still constantly being put into place, even though we're, we're, we still continue to be behind the curve? What does advocacy look like for my child when I would prefer my child to possibly maybe let's do hybrid, you know, to kind of get our foot wet, you know, yeah. or or whatever the case, but you know, coming from here, and I'm concerned because I've lost Big Mama in this process, and you know, lost our housing in this process because this eviction moratorium is a whole other thing as well. Oh, yeah. We're talking about housing. We're talking about having lost our matriarch or patriarch of the, our families. We've lost incomes. We've lost so many things, and and then a lot of times we felt like we were losing our minds in this process, yeah. right? So, what does advocacy look like when I'm afraid? I know for sure my child is not doing well with me being his teacher because I'm not a teacher. That's not that's not my trade. I didn't learn that. So I know for sure that my child needs more, especially the special needs child. Yeah. So I know for sure that my child needs more and my child needs to go back into a school. But I'm afraid I'm afraid that my child might come back and impact our household again, you know, yeah. because we have households in inner cities where there's a multi-generational. So we have the, the extreme elder, you know, that's living in one part of the house. So we're we're concerned about everybody's health. So what does advocacy look like in this moment? Yeah, I think advocacy, well, for one, when it comes to um, taking on a, a district-wide issue, um, we need to get together in groups. We, we need the numbers help. Um, that's number one. So, you know, being able to develop petitions, being able to, you know, write to your um, administration or your leadership in your particular school district and to get as many parents and caregivers on board with that defining what it is that you want, what it is that you require and what you need for the health and wellness of your students, as well as your educators, getting your educators on board, you know, with advocating for what it is that you need in order to come back into a safe environment. 
Um, the hybrid idea, I think, is a great idea. Yes, Philadelphia School District, my child starts kindergarten. He is a part of the Philadelphia School District in which they're going five days a week. And it is a bit, uh, it's an overwhelming thought. Like, wow, okay. So we're supposed to just come from like this this online, you know, he didn't, he was in pre-K, but, you know, this online kind of form right back into like just everybody coming back. It's an overwhelming thought. Um, I think for your special needs children, you know, getting together with your IEP team. If, if your child has an individual education plan or um, some form of a 504 plan or whatever your child has, getting with your IEP team um, IEP team and putting in writing what it is that you need for your special needs child um, and, and taking that as far as you need to take that um, with the organization that is providing the emotional or behavioral support for your child or whatever mental health support um, you need for your child. You know, that is, you know, at least I would say initially one of the first places that we can start um, on both of those ends. Okay. For us, for us, for the adults, mm -hmm. what advice are you giving adults? Because we are equally as antsy, you know, and I will I will say this, that I was hardcore anti-vaccination. I was hardcore. I, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But as time got closer for me to return back to work full time, and I was a part of a team that was deemed essential. So I was back and forth oftentimes, you know, throughout the pandemic, starting probably last August. Last August, I believe, was the first time that I was deemed essential and I needed to get back in the building. But the blessing with that was, is that we were doing it one at a time. So we all had days. There was an A day, a B day, a C day, or whatever the case. Okay. You know, all of those things are going to be shed soon where we're all back in the same space. Some spaces are not so big. How is it that we get ourselves together? Because I know that my, as the parent, the adult in my household, my my people, my my children are extremely old. I had my kids at two, so you know we were all we're siblings. We're like mom and siblings kind of thing. So everybody's super grown with me. But for a mom who is overly anxious, that is going to spill down. That's going to trickle down into her household. So how do we get adults right? What what, what are we proposing for adults? So I think for adults who have um, been working from home, um, who are being asked to go back to work, I think you can maybe start off with changing your routine. <laughs> your home routine. You, We don't think about sometimes the little things that, that we do to prepare ourselves to, to go to work every day when we were going face to face, right? So starting to get yourself back into a routine, take a shower, <laughs> take a shower, because we... I must admit, I don't think a lot of adults been like, you know, taking care of their activities of daily living as much as they used to every day, you know, getting up, brushing your no. teeth, taking a shower, eating breakfast. You know, we're, we're kind of, you know, have been forced into, you know, more of a casual, you know, lifestyle. And I think being able to do some of those smaller things kind of help propel you into moving forward, right? So, you know, it, even it doesn't matter what day you're going back to work, whether it's a Monday, whether it's a Tuesday, if you know you're going back to work next week, start now. You know, get up at the time you would normally get up to go to work. 
you know, take a shower, brush your teeth. I would even say put some clothes on. Get out your pajamas. Put some clothes on. Throw, you know, I'm not telling you to put on your suit or whatever it is that you wear for work, but, you know, throw on some jeans, throw on a shirt, you know, whatever it is that you need. Get dressed, get your breakfast, do your smoothie, whatever it is that you do in the morning and start there, you know, because I think that'll help kind of drive the brain into um, okay, you know, I'm preparing for something. Like I, ha- I have to go somewhere, you know, and start that process, incorporating that into, you know, your daily routine. Um, even if you're hybrid first, before you go back to work full-time face-to-face, do it now. You know, when you have to ha- interact on Zoom or, you know, whatever platform that you're on, if you have to attend meetings, get dressed for those meetings and get fully dressed, you know, get fully dressed for those meetings um, because that will help kind of motivate you. Develop a plan, you know, a, a, a wellness plan for yourself to keep yourself sane. I think, you know, our bodies give us all that we need. And so if we could just kind of tap into a little bit more mindfulness and being present, you know, doing some deep breathing activities and exercises and thinking about, okay, what do I need to remain healthy? Think about what that plan looks like for you. Cause what might work for you might not work for me. What is it that you need? Do you need an extra bottle of water? Do you need some snacks during the day? Would you feel better if you had, you know, hand sanitizer at your desk and in your bed? Like now we have to think about everything. What would make you comfortable at work? You know, making sure that you communicate with your supervisor your management, your leadership team. Listen, you know, I know I'm coming back. This is this is where I am right now with this. This is what I need. How, how can you accommodate me? We need to advocate for work accommodations, okay? Um, if you have the ability or, or require a work accommodation, get a work accommodation, you know, whatever that might be for you. Do you need extra breaks during the day? You know, I I might need an extra 10, 15 minute break throughout the day. Advocate for yourself, you know, to make sure that you have what you need to remain healthy. And it's not just about going to work and remaining healthy. It's about whatever stress you're going to incur while you're at work and then having to come back home and assimilate home you know so how how does that transfer you know how does that work you know we need to make sure that we're eating we need to make sure that we're still getting enough sleep so our sleep patterns have been off as well a lot of my clients you know have very poor sleep hygiene we gotta get back to you know going to bed on time you know it's those very simple things that we we kind of take for granted and don't think about that gives us the energy to deal with everything that we're dealing with. If you haven't been to the doctor yet, go to the doctor, get yourself a physical. You know, if you haven't been vaccinated and, you know, I totally understand the, because I too, you know, had reservations about the vaccine. Um, But, you know, my mom is a nurse she did have COVID. She's been working in COVID ICU since COVID hit. Um, and I depend on her a lot for advisement when it comes to, you know, the medical field. And, you know, the vaccine is something she's seen works, you know, and she lives by. Like, listen, this is what is required in order for us to be as healthy as we possibly can, you know, but we all need to do it in order to actually demonstrate the effect. So it's not that it's going to prevent you from getting COVID. 
COVID. And I think that is maybe what was in our mind. Like, okay, we're not going to get COVID. So of course, when there are people that got the vaccine, they got COVID. It's like, well, what was the point of getting the shot? That's, it? that's how we were feeling. You know what I'm saying? That, because that's how I felt. Like, wait, you know, you got the vaccine and then you, you got the virus. Like, I'm not understanding. But, you know, it's just like any other, you know, it's a flu. You know, and we've gotten a flu shot. I've gotten a flu shot for years and sometimes still have gotten a flu. It's it's about not dying, pretty much. The vaccine will prevent you from dying. And it's just like, okay, when I thought about it that way, I was just like, okay, I guess that makes sense. You know, I wasn't attaching it to, uh, at the time, attaching it to getting um, the virus uh, the virus itself. And it's like, you can still get the virus, but, you know, being on a ventilator is something totally different, you know? Um, and so I think educating yourself, you know, making sure that you just don't take the word of others, but there's enough resources at this point, you know, from scientists, from, you know, the medical field that can demonstrate, you know, the effectiveness of the vaccine. So, you know, just making sure you remain healthy. And if you're if you're anti-vaccine, if you don't want to get the vaccine, that's fine too. You know, because I understand that people, you know, have their own reasons, whether religious and, and other things that they don't get vaccinated, but still you can still remain healthy and you can still play your part by wearing your mask and making sure you wash your hands and making sure that you use your hand sanitizer. Um, so th- those are just some of my suggestions and thoughts of, you know, where we can definitely um, um, start. I was talking to uh, one of my friends is um, one of my friends is fully vaccinated. We, we all wound up getting vaccinated because for me um, and my mom was adamant. I can remember I'll back up a little bit and tell you the story about my mom. My mom has become extremely tech savvy for a 78 year old during this process, during this pandemic, which is the cutest bunch of mess in the whole world <laughs> on Facebook. So hi mom, if you just so happen to wander into my podcast this morning. So my mom sends out a text message. We're in a group chat with her five children and she puts out a, a group chat uh, text and she says, hello, hello children. Me and my sons are fully vaccinated. Wondering when my daughters will get vaccinated. Love, mom. Right? And all three of her daughters, because she has two sons and three daughters, and all three of us shot back like, nope, I ain't doing that. I'm sorry, mom. And my two sisters are nurses. My two sisters are nurses down in Virginia. And they were just like, I'm just not sure. And my mom said, y'all need to get vaccinated. And as it got closer and closer and closer to the time when I needed to go back to work pretty much full time, it was a little less than that one, two times a week. It was more like on demand kind of thing. I was like, you know what? I can't expect anybody else to protect me. I need to protect myself. This is just a further extension of me protecting myself because now I just can't hide away in the house and I can't just go to the supermarket at 630 in the morning. I now have to be around people who are still traveling because people mm-hmm. want to enjoy their summer. People do yeah. want to try to get back to some semblance of normalcy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did, in fact, get vaccinated. But then still there are some concerns because I have this friend that I started to talk about um, before I started the story. I um, I have a friend who's fully vaccinated and his wife now has COVID, right? His wife has COVID and none of the information is clear, you know, and just having conversations with him, I'm like, okay, so do you keep everybody away from her when, you know, and you're just trying to get information 
that everything seems to be clashing with one another. Nothing really seems to make sense, which then heightens the fear. Yes. It heightens the anxiety with it all. Like, I just don't know. I really honestly don't know. Should we be quarantining? Should jobs immediately tell us when somebody in a building has fallen ill? Is that something that they should keep away from us? Is that something that we just don't know? So that just further heightens all of the anxiety that we have, which is going to continue to keep people in a weird space. Yeah. You know, because you, you even see, for instance, on, um, and every, there's always been road rage, but it seems like temperaments are way off anymore. Mm. You know, everybody is super sensitive to everything. We mm. have people who have no patience in the Wawa in Philadelphia. I saw that on the news last night where he mm. was upset that they were to make, moving too slow at making his sandwich where he just starts to stabbing at people mm. and gets stabbed, you know, and, and, and lot of those scenarios where everybody's just so you're standing in line you're frustrated with the line blah 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 blah. so i think that we're just hypersensitive right now and i'm just concerned about that with the lack of information that's being poured out to it to us we're concerned about are they hiding some things and that's on a local level you know in our jobs our local government the you know the national everything we're concerned so i think that that, that continues to further heighten our anxieties and our ambivalence, because some people we did have, and I've, I've been hearing this a lot. This is not just my job, but I've been hearing that a lot of people have just retired. Like, I just can't even, I can't even go back. I'm not even going to put myself in that situation. People have just quit. And we've been seeing that in the, uh, all over the news about the shortage, staff shortages everywhere. People are just like, I'm not going back. And it could very well be the, the unemployment, the extra unemployment, because everybody's blaming it on the unemployment, all the extra money that have come out. Well, what about the fear that's associated with it? Mm-hmm. The fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it is really important to develop a support system. Um, I know you talk about your tribe a lot. You talk about your team a lot. And the thing about, you know, pent up emotions sometimes is that we don't have anybody. A lot of individuals haven't had anyone that they actually can talk to um, mm-hmm. that can support them through whatever it is that they're feeling and going through. They're emotion hoarders. I'm, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I'm doing better. But I was one of those people <laughs> where, you know, when um, I think the young lady before a little while ago talked about the trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And this pandemic has been an extremely traumatic experience. And then we've had trauma within trauma. If we're going to add the political division, the racism, and and a lot of the other things. So it's like trauma on trauma on trauma on trauma. Like you can kind of think about it like this. And the thing about trauma is that in order to survive it, you, you don't know it's happening. We're usually in survival mode to get through whatever is going on. So when you think about when this pandemic started and you were like, you know, um, they said we'll be back in two weeks and, you know, kind of snatched us from work. I'm thinking, all right, it's a two week break. We're going to go back and then you don't return in eons. You know, at this point, we're just preparing to return. It's like you've been on survival mode all that time and you can think of it kind of like a a a hill you know we've kind of been like at a baseline 
snatched up, traumatized. Now, now we're dealing with the trauma. So we putting on a mask, we following all the meanings, we doing everything. I haven't really had time to process anything. And at some point, you're going to find that after the trauma is over, you're going to kind of hit somewhat of a valley. And that valley is going to be dark. It's going to be dark. It's going to be lonely because you're going to have to process everything that happened. What just happened this past year and a half? What just happened? Yes. Happened. Like we, we were hit with a flu that was killing people. Like, what is this? You know, and then everything that was attached to that, the loss, I mean, the loss has been extremely overwhelming, you know, so being able to process grief and, and grief of not just people dying, but the loss of your job, the loss of your income, the loss of your life, wow. loss of relationships, the loss of your marriage, the loss of friendships. There are so many people are just heavy and haven't had an opportunity to even feel the heaviness yet. They, they feel, they, you think they're feeling it. They haven't felt the heaviness yet because it's not over. Pandemic is not over. We're talking about that transition. Are we prepared? Are we ready to transition back? We're about to be faced with a whole lot of the different circumstances that we haven't dealt with. And so I think it's important for people to get you a support system, whether it's one person, two people, because these people that are popping off, you know, in the wawas, on the road, even prior, like you said, to the pandemic, there was road rage. But the thing is, it had nothing to do with you cutting the person off. It was because the person had no control over their emotions. Whatever they were going through that happened for them to run you down on the street was happening way before you cut them off. It had nothing to do with that. Absolutely. And so people really need to be able to get in tune with themselves and to unload whatever it is going on. That's what you're feeling. The It's not about you not making my sandwich fast enough. It can't be about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about whatever happened to him before he even came in that store. That's absolutely um, true. And so we really have, we cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot, like the healing process is personal, but you need support doing it. And I understand that everybody may not have that support, but this is where mental health services come from. You know, you have to have someone to unpack what is happening. Even when you feel like you're fine, you can go to therapy still. You know, I have a therapist. I'm not necessarily struggling with any type of mental illness, but I go to therapy every two weeks because I think it's important to have someone who's not attached to me to just process day-to-day -day issues, day-to-day -day stress. Talk about something that, you know, I don't necessarily talk about with other people, you know, because it's important that you have that support. Um, so if anything, please find you somebody, somebody, you know, whether family, friend, therapist, find you somebody, a support group. You know, there are many. I can offer a lot of different resources. You know, contact your NAMI chapter in your area. There are free resources, support groups for people to just kind of just unload. Um, and I, I think that's going to be really important at this point. It has always been, but really right now, people need people. Um, and you can't do it by yourself. I was just about to say that, Yolanda. Our therapist is saying that she has a therapist. Oh, yeah. It is, it is imperative. Our counselor, our counselor, our school guidance counselor is saying that she needs a counselor. And she goes to counseling. 
I think that it is going to be um, of utmost importance for us to connect with uh, a mental health practitioner. I think yeah. that we just have to. And it and it doesn't, just like um, Char has said, you guys, it doesn't have to, it get it in the low-lying times. Like, let's talk about things now. Let's start to sift through some things now before it becomes so monumental, before it becomes so overwhelming. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, and I've, I've talked about this. Um, this is my first full show. And I told Char behind the scenes that it's no pressure, but all the pressure on you, baby. Because <laughs> I, I haven't done a full show because I literally was going through a major time in my life that was totally unexpected that I just didn't even know how to deal with because it wasn't even something I had ever gone through to be able to draw strength off of the last time. It was something brand new. And what had happened to me, and th this is all in the midst of still, you know, my mom's still fearing this whole COVID thing and still trying to spend time with her, but not, um, but not be around her so much that anything that I may have, anybody I have, may have uh, come in contact with could possibly damage her or, or, or bring anything to her but still trying to figure out some other things. And because COVID is still real, life is still happening. But what I did experience in this, and, and I talked to Donine and, and Meek a whole lot through this process. And in this process, I've come to realize how, how imperative a strong team was, mm -hmm. which goes back to what it is that you've just said. Surviving this thing, surviving it was really the difference between, because I am a very alone person. Mm -hmm. I, I hold on to my mess. I go low and I go deep and I go quiet. You know, I just go, you know, kind of exit the world until I'm ready to start talking again. But on this platform, I was telling me I need for you to keep talking through this process because somebody else is dealing with something. You can't be quiet in this moment, Alyssa. So it was imperative to have those people holding my hand and kind of rubbing my back through the process. That is going to be of utmost importance moving forward because there's still fears associated with it. There's still other things there. The, the impact of this pandemic has not just been the loss of our family members. The impact is still yet to fully be felt. That's right. Talking about the, the eviction moratorium. We have um, landlords who abruptly sold homes out on the streets. We have um, mortgages. You know, the foreclosure rate is expected to rise. So people who just weren't able to pay the whole housing situation is one huge issue. Yes. We're not talking about the mental health piece. We're talking or, or the jobs, the jobs that have been lost, the people who have been lost. I think the effects have the effects remain to be seen. And it's going to be it's going to take a long time to yes. see all of what has happened. So it requires the utmost patience and understanding. And it cannot just be about money. It cannot be about bottom lines because it's about people. It really is about people. And I don't know that we care so much about people more than we do bottom lines. Yeah. And that's what my huge concern is. Yeah. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. It's just getting started. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it is just getting started. We think that you know, what we've endured up to this point is it's like the peak of it. It's not. It's not because we're about to see the outcome of everything that happened while the pandemic was going on. We haven't quite seen the outcome yet. No. You know, 
it's like you said, and it's going to be so much damage, damage control that's going to have to be done after this. Um, but I'm all about prevention, right? Sometimes we can't avoid certain things. Certain things are not within our control. That is true. But we need to get as ahead of things as we can, as we have the ability to do. So when you say, listen, go to therapy now, <laughs> let's, let's just start having a conversation now, even if it's once a month, once a quarter, there are maintenance plans that therapists have sometimes, they offer for you to come check in, just like you would a medical doctor. You know, you don't go to the doctor every week, but you, you check in when you need to check in. Every year you're supposed to get a physical. Just go have a conversation yes. because you need to put it in place now because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. You're going to need the support. You know, you might have a team right now as well. I'll say this. You might have a team. You need to evaluate your team. Yeah. In your team, evaluate your team because everybody not for you in that team that you got, evaluate your team. You know, put your support system in place and put the support system in place that you can actually depend on. Not the people that's not that's going to run away. You know, when you actually need something, you need a strong team that you can lean on, but that you can also be leaned on as well. You know, when they need you, you talk about you know the the people. Like this is this is a people thing. We're supposed to be about the people. You're absolutely right. We need to show people a little bit more compassion, a little bit more patience, a little bit more flexibility. And as we show that to other people, we also need to show it to ourselves. Give yourself some self-compassion. Show yourself some grace and flexibility. You're managing a lot at this time. So what you get to yourself, you can willfully get to others. And a lot of times we don't show people patience, compassion, and flexibility because we're not giving it to ourselves. Yeah, we, we that's it. And there you have you know, it. Boom. That's right. You know, we can't love nobody because we're really not loving ourselves. It's like you can't not give something to someone you, you're not giving to yourself. So show, you know, do some self-examining. Show it to yourself. I'm managing a lot. I'm pushing through. You know, I'm, I'm trying to live and not just exist, but do it on your own terms and then give somebody else that other that common courtesy. You know, I've been doing a lot more of paying it forward, you know, in very small ways, paying for somebody's coffee, paying for somebody's donuts. It's just like, you know, I have it. I haven't struggled financially through the pandemic. Thank God, you know, I've, I've been able to, you know, manage this. Um, and I feel like, you know, okay, well, this was a dollar that I earned. Why, why not give it to, you know, the next person? I don't know what that person going through. That person could have millions of dollars, but you know what? I bought their meal today because that was something that I wanted to do. You never, ever, ever know what the next person is managing or going through. So be careful. Be careful how you talk to people. Yeah, ma'am. People. Sometimes it's just as simple as an excuse me. Oh, I didn't mean to step on your foot. You know, it, it's, it's, I apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, just acknowledging people, all of that go a long way. Saying hello, you know, it, it just goes a long way. We need to get back to those small acts of just being human. <laughs> um, I think it's going to help. We're going to need it. We're going to need these little nuggets to kind of get through what we're all about to endure at this point, regardless of where we are right now. So if you can put it in place, if you can't, 
let me know. And I'm going to try to figure it out for you. Like, okay, let's put our heads together. You know, with therapists, I know here, with resource, whatever, we'll figure it out. Because the last thing I'm going to ever do is not make sure you, you have what you need. If you need it, let's figure out how we can get it for you. Um, but it's all about prevention. Put it in place now. Don't assume you don't need it. Because sometimes you don't know you need it until you need it. And then it's going to be hard for you. Ma'am, <laughs> my concern is I have I have another concern at this point because I see Nefessa on here. And Nefessa is a part of our mental health team. She is a part of my counseling consortium, too, for uh, Wilds Worldwide. So my concern is for you guys. How do we support you guys? Because you guys will be the heaviest as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, just being Alyssa, just being Alyssa and not talking about a title or anything like that. Me being Alyssa, the advocate, the person who is concerned about children's social emotional, um, concerned about all that we've endured during this time. I'm not talking about how well or how quickly we will be able to catch them up academically because that that's a whole other thing. Because in some school districts, if you're not in tune to their social emotional, you're never going to reach them academically anyway. Right. You know, there's a whole lot of social working that needs to be put in place prior to even trying to educate a child, especially on a Monday morning. I always talk about Monday mornings because Mondays, we don't know what they've endured all weekend long. We don't know if they've eaten all all weekend long. We don't know if someone has been snatched out of the home or locked up or death or some turf war or some, something has happened in the hood that has taken snatched somebody away from them, either for jail or the hospital or death or whatever the case, we just don't know. So Monday mornings are always heavy for me. And I always come, you know, prepared for whatever happens on a Monday. But my concern is for you guys who are the most important, you guys have been thrust into the, the, the major spotlight. So how do we support you guys so that you guys can stay strong to keep doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, you know, the mental health field as a whole has just like been overwhelmed. Um, I don't think, well, for one, nobody saw this coming. <laughs> nobody saw this coming at all. But, um, you know, we're just overwhelmed. I would just say, um, be persistent. That's one of the things you can do for us. I, I, I can just talk about myself as a clinician. You know, one of the things that I've been experiencing with, um, you know, potential referrals and clients is that, you know, people are desperate for help. And a lot of times, you know, if we're like full and can't accept anybody, you know, that in itself take a toll on us. Like, because nobody wants to turn anybody away for help, but be persistent. You know, if you're not finding what it is that you need, Make sure that you contact us back. Um, you know, be mindful that, you know, we are trying our best. We're trying our best to, you know, meet your needs, support you as much as we can. But we're human too. And we going have, through as well. <laughs> we have families too. We we have kids. We're actually going through the same exact thing that you're probably going through. So oh just being cognizant and mindful of that, you know, that part is not necessarily a responsibility, but I think thinking about that, assisting viewing us in a very different way, we're imperfect beings, just like everybody else. Um, that just so happen to be mental health professionals that assist other people carry some of the weight that they may have but we're carrying yours and we're carrying our own so sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming i just say 
continue to be persistent and patient with us. You know, we're going to give you what it is that you need. We just might have to work together a little bit longer to find what that is. If it's not like, let's just say at my practice, maybe it's at another agency, maybe it's at another practice. Um, but just being mindful that, you know, therapists are human too. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like they're always, you know, check on your strong friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, we're, you know, we're expected to do, I feel like a lot. We, we carry a lot. We absorb a lot from people um, and then still require the room to try to process our own stuff. Um, And so, you know, I do a lot of work now with therapists, you know, in being able to process their own stuff and still show up, you know, for their clients. So it's also our responsibility too. You know, we got into this field on purpose. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so we, we know what to expect, but just being able to, you know, kind of assert those boundaries, being honest, you know, and, and just, um, you know, being patient with us, you know, that's, that's all, <laughs> that's all we need. Um, Shar, Nefessa, Yolanda, we have Yolanda, we have Pam, Sora, Pam, we have Leslie, we have Keith and Keith. So just know for sure that we are we are going to do our best for you guys because we lean on them. So we lean on you guys so heavily. And I know that that you said we have your we have your situation, but we also have our our own. But it's it's not just your situation. It's yours and 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 then our own. And that is extremely heavy. And I just want to point that out because it's not just yours. When we're thinking of one on one, we don't know how far and wide this stretches, to be perfectly honest. And I'm telling you guys, and I'm just going to be open and honest about the things that I've been going through. And I've never once stopped talking about it on my platform. My world had become so heavy that I just did not want to do any of the other things that I normally do. So that's just, and, and Alyssa has always had on a superhero's cape. I always keep a cape on. I'm always out trying to save someone else's child or save someone else. It's just what I do. It's just who that I am. And God told me in this moment that I need for you to be Alyssa's superhero in this moment. So I just know just recently, just real life, right in this moment, how heavy my world can be. So trying to even attend to my own children in this moment, trying to make sure that they were safe and they were okay was heavy for me. You know, it was it was a lot for me. So to do my job, to be to do all of the other things, it was like that was overwhelming in my process and even trying to process in a day. So actually getting up, like you said, getting up and taking a full shower and putting on a full outfit and going outside and trying to get back to the normal routine. That was heavy. So I can only imagine when this is actually your profession. This is not just a a side thing that you do. This is, in fact, your profession. This is what you do. This is your livelihood. This is what you've gone to school for. This is what you've been purposed to do. This is your pulse check. This is your why. To to have such a heavy feat during this time, it is heavy. It is heavy. This world is, in fact, heavy. It is a lot. Because, again, we, we, we don't know how far reaching this is until we begin to sit down with individual children and hear their individual stories. We don't know how many people they've lost. We don't know all that they've lost. We don't know that this child, they're rationing out meals where it's only one meal per day. And this has been going on since May or something like that. We don't know what we're about to come up against. And then there are parents attached to these children's stories. 
So we don't know what the adults are going through either in these situations. But then there's us. There are our the professionals. Our relationships are failing or our finances are failing or our situations have become bleak in our own households while we still have to keep the brave face and go out and do what it is that we've been purposed to do. So it's heavy. It is going to require tons of patience. Are you ready is the name of this, this episode. I'm not quite sure that we are, but we have to get ready. We have to get ready and we have to be able to be strategic and methodical and know for sure when things are not working and come back to the table. It is no, ta- no time for deflection. It is no time for fake um, status uh, statistics. It's no time for any of that kind of stuff. We really need to be real with this situation and say, yo, that didn't work. You know what? And this today is so bad that we really need to sit down today. Ain't nobody going home. Today we got, or we can go home. You can go home, but we need to Zoom. Go home, feed your family, do whatever you have to do. Meet me back here at seven o'clock to Zoom because yesterday was so bad that we need to put some other things in place. We can't let one one super bad day go into two and three and five and 12 before we then want to come back and have a conversation because our kids could very well kill each other in this process. Our kids are suffering because again, just like we've been ripped apart, we've been ripped apart abruptly and sent home for a year and a half before they even came back together for the summer programs, right? So the social emotional is in play. You know, like everybody's sensitive to something. You can't say buzzwords. We don't know what those buzzwords are because they've been home suffering with some things. So you're saying the wrong things. You're saying you're doing the wrong things. You stepped on my foot. Everybody's hypersensitive. You know, we don't know what's going to set people in into a fit. But when we realize that we need to come back to the table to begin to plan again and again and again, and as often as we need to, because we are hurt, we are going through. So just imagine what our children are going through. Am I ready? I'm not quite sure that I am. But I know that it is now time to go back. It is now time to go back. And with Shar's help and the Fester and Yolanda and Pam and Leslie and the Keiths, I think that we can try to figure this thing out. As often as we need to, as often as we need to have a forum like today, we need to, in fact, do that. And no, self-care is not selfish. It is not at all selfish. Self-care is necessary. It is absolutely necessary. And we've already crossed our one hour th- uh, mark. But what I do, I came across this um, this term um, just the other night, and I wanted to ask you about it. I was reading something, and they were talking about uh, managing, uh, being mindful of your child's smiling depression. Mm. Never heard of that before. Smiling depression. What I can imagine what that is. The kids that just keep saying I'm okay. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. You know, children demonstrate, do not demonstrate depression and anxiety in the way sometimes that adults do. Sometimes it's very clear, you know, when a person may be, you know, managing some form of depression or anxiety, but for children, they communicate in a very different way. Um, And so I think when it comes to, you know, smiling depression, it's exactly what you said. You know, it's that child who, you know, is always fine, you know, who seems to be, um, you know, on the up and up, you know, you don't really, you know, feel like you need to check in. They're not exemplifying or displaying some of those, you know, signs and symptoms that we often see. 
Um, but I think it's important that we get in tune with our children and we know our children because sometimes, you know, there are certain things that children will do and say that indicates other things are going on. Um, for example, looking at their various behaviors and the things that they're doing and not doing. If you're used to your child engaging in certain activities and they're no longer doing it anymore, pay attention to that. Certain friends or people that they hang around that they no longer hang around or the other way around, you know, certain people that they wouldn't normally hang around that they're hanging around. Look at their, you know, groups of, of friends, you know, pay attention to, you know, if your child is usually engaged in family activities and now, you know, it's kind of alone, despite them smiling when you're passing them, they're kind of isolated and, you know, withdrawn, um, crying more often, laughing more often, you know, can still be an indicator that there's something going on. When you, and you might say, you know, laughing or smiling more, yes, because, you know, there are times when children try to overcompensate for like what is actually happening on the inside. Um, sometimes, you know, Sometimes you, you, you think about that, um, like nervous laughter or, or, you know, nervous smiling. Sometimes they exemplify those signs. So just really being mindful and in tune with our children, you know, not ignoring, you know, just because we see what's on the outside. Sometimes our children are, are dealing with things that they really can't communicate or don't know how to communicate. So, of course, they're going to do what they think they need to do to keep you away, <laughs> you know, from, from being, from having to feel that vulnerability or, or having to explain or to, you know, say anything to you. So just make sure that you're checking in with them. But yes, it's exactly um, what you described it as. <laughs> Yo, we need to be mindful of the smiling depression. And as Miles says, smiling depression is real. And I'm so glad that I came up on that term. And, and as she was, as Char was talking, I was like, oh, I can't forget to ask her about that and bring that up because I'm sure a lot of us experience that, even with ourselves. You just yeah. be like, I'm okay. And you just keep pushing. But I just know, and, and with my daughter in particular, with Troy, I can remember asking Troy, hey, how was your day every day? And she would say, good. What made it good? I didn't, I didn't let it end there. Tell me what made it good. What made it okay? What made it bad? Like, let's have a real full conversation about this thing. I want to get to the bottom of it because I want to be able to help her when it's small and low lying before it gets too big and out of control, too too big for her little self. So yeah. um, the smiling depression is real. I really want us to pay attention to that. I want to. I want us to pay attention to those things that are happening within ourselves too. Like, let's not forget about ourselves. It was a very noble thing. It was. It was hard for me, but then it became the best thing that ever happened to me. What it is that I recently went through because it gave me time for Alyssa that I was. I was never willing to take, which is so crazy. I. I, I can give freely financially and time to my children and people that I love, but somehow, some way as a woman, and I watched my mom do this, when it came to myself, I, I justify, you know, I, I find I start to rationalize why I can't, why I shouldn't, you know, buy myself this extra thing or do this extra thing or spend money on this extra thing. Um, but in this, in this time, it, I just couldn't, I could not not take care of Alyssa. That's how big it had become in my own heart and in my own head. So I'm hoping that we will stop the smiling depression. I'm hoping that we will lock arms and helping each other get through this process because we really do need each other to survive. I hope that we will be mindful 
of our friends who are therapists, the people who we always lean on when they begin to talk, when they don't normally talk. I hope that we will stop and put our situations to the side for a second to allow them to just vent and let it let them get it off their hearts because we need each other to to, in fact, survive this thing. Because, again, we don't know how big this is. And Marcus, um, Marcus Boyd just put up um, and I highlighted it that there has been a major earthquake or something in, in Haiti. Oh, wow. a earthquake just hit 7.2 magnitude earthquake oh, in um, Haiti. So that's a whole other thing because how many of our children are of descent? How much will this affect the populations that we serve? See, this is yet another thing and yet another thing that continues to happen. So we really do need to be mindful. And I wanna bring up before we close out, it's two things I wanna do. I want Char to be able to go over all of her letters because Marcus did say, I don't know what all those letters mean, but she is she is talking some good stuff here. So I wanna be able to talk about that, but I wanna also bring up a meme that Catherine um, Elizabeth posted just the other day. She put up a meme that said, um, hi, Brie, um, Welcome to uh, Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. I've never seen you here. So thank you so much for your support. Um, she put up a, a meme that said uh, it was it was two guys. And one was sitting there with this, this kind of emoji. And he was like, me trying to process 2020 and all that happened in 2020. And then there was another guy um, with 22, 2022 running. And he's running. And he's saying, me trying to process what happened in 2020 but realizing that 2022 is only four months away. Ooh. And it's like, we're just trapped in a space like, yo, I'm still not over what I experienced in 2020, but here 2021 is yeah. almost over. And, and it's only four months to a whole new year. Like this is insane to me. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is heavy. This is extremely, extremely heavy y'all. And we need each other to get through this. We need compassion yeah. and we need, um, we just need, yes, Nefessa. yes, it's just like that. It's just really like that. That's exactly how I felt when I saw that. I was like, yo, Kat, you done made my head hurt with that, putting that up because it was so overwhelming to me to realize, yes, we are only four months away from 2022 and we are still going through this thing. We are still battling something. We, we just don't even know. So it, it really does take compassion. It takes love and it takes all of us slowing down and doing our part. Definitely do your part. Whatever your part is, yes. please do it to keep the next person safe. So, Char, before we close out, I do want you to be able to tell everybody where you are, how they can get in contact with you, all services that you yes. provide. And please start off by telling us what all of those letters <laughs> mean. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, okay, well, first, I have a private practice called Journey to Lotus. You can find me on the web at journeytolotus.org um, journeytolotus.org I'm on both Facebook and Instagram um, my handle is journeytolotus but it's the number two instead um, so journeytolotus is my Instagram and Facebook handle um, so you can find all of my contact information um, on any of those platforms of course um, to get in contact with me um, as far as the services I provide I provide a number of therapeutic um, services of course counseling psychotherapy is like the primary services that I provide so we see clients um, who have um, you know, depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar disorder, but also, you know, mundane stressors, you know, just because a lot of our clients, 
don't necessarily have a mental health or mental um, illness um, or mental health diagnosis. Some people are just coming, you know, to process certain things, whether it's this pandemic, whether it's, you know, their relational issues. Um, I do a lot of actually employment and career counseling. So that's like one of the things people don't know I do. It's like a whole big ordeal. Like people who are, you know, trying to transition. I've seen an uptick in this, especially, you know, now with the pandemic, certain people, you know, people are not going to their old jobs. They're going to new jobs and, you know, they're not working and want an idea or showing, seeing this as an opportunity for them to actually do something that they want to do, whether they want to open their own business or just go to a different career in itself. And sometimes, you know, that, that throws them into like this, this crisis a little bit where they need to work through like some of their career options. So it is a, you know, a kind of a big thing um, that I'm seeing, you know, what uptick in clients who are trying to to process, you know, just their next move in regards to their career. Um, I also um, work with individuals with intellectual disabilities, autism, um, and other mental health or co comorbid issues, find employment. Um, so I have a contract with the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation um, in Pennsylvania, in which I assist um, high school students as well as adults 22 and up. Um, find employment um, and teach them work readiness skills, self-advocacy skills, independent living. Um, so, you know, I do that as well. I'll find jobs for them, help them with their resume, interviewing skills. So anything that has to do with, you know, the world of work. Um, Pennsylvania is actually an employment first state. So a lot of our um, shelter workshops um, are closing for individuals with intellectual disabilities. A lot of them have closed already. Um, and, you know, we're kind of thrusting them into competitive employment at this point. And so, of course, you know, they need a little bit more customized care when it comes to them being able to work at places like Walmart or Target or, you know, certain things. So I provide um, that employment assistance for them um, in preparation. And I do um, clinical supervision. <laughs> so for our therapists who are, you know, attempting to get into the field, you know, uh, whether it's practicum, internship or postgraduate um, school where they're trying to pursue their license, um, I assist them with clinical supervision. So I do a lot of professional development and training and things of that nature. I am also connected to Black Men Who. Um, Black Men Who is a nonprofit organization that provides men of color with free therapy. Um, so if you have not heard of Blakeman Hill, please follow Blakeman Hill on Instagram um, because, you know, it's an organization that is worth knowing as a resource. If you are a man of color who is interested in therapy, um, all you have to do is apply and we will give you therapy for free free of charge. Um, yes. yes. Um, so please uh, follow me there. And in regards to the credentials, the LBS is licensed behavior specialist, LPC licensed professional counselors. So I'm a licensed psychotherapist. Those are my mental health credentials. Um, CESP stands for certified employment support professional. So like I was talking about uh, the work I do with individuals with intellectual disabilities and employment, that's where that comes from. And the JD is Juris Doctor. I have a law degree um, and do plan on pursuing mental health law uh, focus. So, you know, it kind of all meshes, meshes together at some point. It kind of comes, you know, back full circle <laughs> that's dope you are so extremely dope she is everything mental health i'm telling you yes. if, if you're looking for somebody in mental health in the mental health field she is it she will be your attorney she will be your advocate she will be a little bit of everything so please 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 follow her 
reach out to her. Yes, yo, she really is a beast. She, she is a mental health beast. She really, really honestly is. Like, I'm so excited to, and I, let me tell you something. It is such a blessing to be able to call on people and they just jump for you because Char really was, I asked her to do something for me and she was well on her way to vacation, but she was like, if you give me another week, I will be here. So I am, I thank God first and foremost for Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated because my sorors are so dope and so deep. I'm telling you that, but also just for the relationships that I've forged out in this thing that people will come when I call. So I truly yeah. do appreciate you, Char, because you are amazing. And this is what it is that the people needed because I know for sure that people are running a little bit scared now that it is time to go back to work and to school. And, you know, and a lot of things, you know, we can do, we can kind of um, deal with anything, but when our kids are involved, yeah. it gets really dicey. You know, your anxiety goes through the roof because I can protect myself. I want to make sure that my child is in fact protected. And my child, my youngest child is about to finish up college. And I'm still concerned about that. You know, just putting her back on a campus because I know how she's refusing to do what it is I want her to do. So I know she is going to hit a party in all states all over the place. So if the whole campus is moving like my child is, I don't know what could possibly happen. And that is a full concern of mine. So I just thank God for you. I thank God that you, um, I thank God for you. Yes. I appreciate your yes. Thank you so much for coming on Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. I appreciate you. And I have come up, I have researched to see all of the places where Wilds Worldwide is because I needed to be able to run them down and actually know what I was talking about and not kind of sort of tell you. So we are Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, CastBox, Facebook Live, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, and TuneIn. So I need for you guys to follow me on all of those uh, platforms, follow and subscribe, and invite your friends to, in fact, do the same. We are doing our best to get this word out about um, Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. And I appreciate you guys for all that you've done from helping Alyssa South Jersey move into Wilds Worldwide. Now, before we leave, you know, we do two fingers on your inner wrist. It is pulse check time. Pulse check. If you feel something, you know what that is? That is purpose. If you have a pulse, it is because you have a purpose. God still has you here to do something. Find what it is that God has purposed you to do. Walk in it. Find your purpose. Walk in your purpose and live out your purpose every single day. Find your why and live out your why every single day. I love you guys. I love you guys. Sure, I love you. And we need to have you back as often as humanly possible. I'm telling you, my counseling consortium is growing. And I think that we can heal the world on a Winnebago. Let's do it. This thing on the road, I'm telling you, you guys are major and you guys are so important right now. And not that you guys were never important, but you guys have been thrust to the center stage at this at this particular point. So I just want to give the people what it is that they in fact need. And please, please tell them one more time about the black male something where they Black can. Yes, Blackman Hill. Follow Blackman Hill on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, if you're not on a social media platform, um, you can go to the website, www.blackmanhill.org. Um, and that's B-L-A-C-K-M-E-N-H-E-L. Blackman Hill is a nonprofit organization um, that provides therapy to men of color. So if you are a man of color, um, 
um, and you are interested in therapy and being paired with a therapist, please apply. We are actually opening up our current cohort nine and in the process of pairing them. So please, 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 we're, we're right now, we're um, actually expanding. We're in PA. We're seeing um, individuals in um, the metro area. So DC, Maryland, Virginia, Georgia. Um, we're like expanding crazy. New Jersey, of course, Delaware, New York. So if you are in any of those places, even if you're not, um, apply, apply, because that means we need to get to where you are. <laughs> we'll make sure we get some therapists where you are. Um, but please sign up um, for Blackman Hill if you're interested in treatment. I appreciate you. And Journey to Lotus. Journey yes. to Lotus. You need to support Char. Journey to Lotus. Make sure that you are following her everywhere she is. She is dope and she is fabulous. She is a mother and a wife and she is still helping all of us out here in the world. I appreciate you, Char. I love you guys. Again, I thank you guys for your continued support. Thank you for riding out with me and thank you for your prayers during my low time. I'm telling you, Alyssa Wilds Worldwide is back. I'm good. The difference between a real live tribe and some good sleep and just the difference of a couple of weeks, I'm telling you, life is sweet. I made it through. And I thank God for your prayers and helping me make it through this. I love you guys. See us back here next weekend because guess what next weekend is? It is my birthday weekend. Yes, I round out my 40s. I will be 49 next weekend. And we are going to have the Diva Den. We are going to do the Dear Diva Den on that weekend because how else would I celebrate my birthday weekend than with my girls, with drinks and laughter? and stories that people have written into us wanting the dividend to weigh in on their situation. So it is foolish. The foolishness that we got written into us, I'm telling you, you are prepared for some foolishness next week. So make sure that you are back here with us on Saturday morning, next Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Standard Time with a drink. You're going to need a mimosa and then a little shot on the side because it is going to be downright foolish as we celebrate my 49th birthday. I love you guys. Come back here next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Char. And thank you to all of my counseling consortium, all of you guys who weigh in all of the time. I love you guys. See you back here next week at 10 a.m. Bye-bye.